Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Joey Calvez. I want to tell you guys a little bit about the Department of Metahuman Affairs. This one is a story about a team led by a retired sidekick, two felons, a failed actor from Broadway, and a reprogrammed cyborg. But their first mission is to stop the criminals who have robbed a bank, and they will have to set the world at ease. You're going to get 180 pages of entertainment action-packed awesomeness right here in the first six issues in a collected hardcover volume one all you got to do is head on over to kickstarter.com and type in the department of metahuman affairs or dma and check it out right now hey everybody just real quick before the show started uh this is steve and i just wanted to let you know for all the latest information on our podcast Hit us up on Twitter at E-I-L-F Movies. That's everything I learned from movies. We're also on Instagram and Facebook. If you're looking for incredible art or maybe gifts for an upcoming uh, birthday or Father's Day, Mother's Day, anything like that, Christmas, uh, you can check out Izzy's art at untidyvenus.etsy.com. You can also find us on all the uh, podcatchers like Podbean, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts or iTunes, whatever they're calling it these days, Podcast Addict, uh, basically... Google us, you'll find us, and uh, we'd love to hear from you. All right, on with the show. Everything I learned from movies helps to make life a little bit groovy. With a one-line plot holes and gratuitous movies, it's time to get busy with your friend Stephen And tonight. Oh, tonight. <laughs> uh, we continue Jean-Claude Van Damme with uh, 1996's Maximum Risk. Yeah. But we also have a very special guest with us for this episode, uh, Miss Robin Paris. How are you doing, Robin? I'm great. How are you guys? Excellent. We excellent. excellent. Uh, you may remember Robin from back in, oh, was it September? Uh, we were talking about her series, The, uh, the Room Actors, Where Are They Now? Um, on FunnyOrDie.com. And she has uh, some update about that. Uh, yes, I am doing a Kickstarter campaign right now to fund more episodes of that series. 
So um, <clears throat> if you visit Kickstarter and enter the room actors, where are they now? You should bring it up. Or if you enter my name, Robin Paris with a Y, you should bring it up. And we have six more episodes that we want to film. So we're just raising money to do that. Each episode features a different room actor, basically struggling to either um, embrace or shake the stigma of appearing in the worst movie ever made. Excellent. And if you haven't seen the uh, the original episodes yet, definitely check those out as well. They are hilarious. Yes. If you're a fan of this podcast, if you're a fan of The Room, if you're a fan of Robin Paris, if you're a fan of Disaster Artist, any of that, if you're just bored on a Saturday night, throw Robin <laughs> some cash and go watch her shows. They're great. Thank you. Thank you. I would love that. Yeah, we are dying to make more. So we, but we do need everybody's help. They cost money. You know, I do them on... Um, nice cameras we used reds and um we don't you know we don't have to use a red we used a, a different camera for the fourth one but it, i guess we just like to make them look good you know we want yeah. we want them to look good so yeah if you're gonna do it make it highest quality right exactly <laughs> excellent and uh izzy mentioned the disaster artist the when you were on before it was before the movie had come out uh were you able to see it uh yes i did i got to go to i got to i saw it twice i went to an early screening um, at the academy at my neighbor whose child goes to my kids elementary school he's in the academy he was nominated for an oscar that's like the cool thing about living in la it's just like your neighbor down the street (laughs) is randomly nominated for an oscar and you're like okay but he invited me to go see a screening and there i met james franco and dave franco and um and scott newstater the writer which they were all so nice i mean i had a million questions for them but they were actually asking me all these all these questions about the room and what it was like to be on set, and I was like, why are they asking me questions? Um, but it was it was really cool, and they were so gracious and nice. And then I went to the premiere, also, and met Allison Brie and Ari Grainer and some of the other actors, and they were all just really great. So nice. um, it was a cool experience for sure. Yeah, we actually uh, uh, watched it just the other day, just uh, recapping everything, and it was, it's hilarious, yeah. <laughs> it is. It's, they did a good job. I was happy with how it turned out. Yeah, I was going to say, how, having lived through part of the experience of The Room, how does the movie compare? I thought <laughs> it really captured the book really well, and I thought the book was really funny, Greg's book. Um, and from what I experienced on set, it was pretty accurate. Um, you know, the other actors besides Tommy and Greg don't appear in the disaster artist all that much. And my character just kind of has a few lines, but I was happy with how that turned out. I mean, she had some good lines and they they (laughs) made me normal. And like, you know, you always worry with something like this, that, you know, you're being portrayed in this bad movie. What are they going to make me look like? But um, I was happy with how it turned out, and I thought it, they did a really good job with the book, by, by adapting the book. And um, this was your first time watching Maximum Risk, is that correct? Yes. Actually, I've never even seen, I mean, I, I know Jean-Claude Van Damme, who doesn't know who he is, but I've never seen a Jean-Claude Van Damme. Really? This was your intro really? to it. Wow. Oh, Jean-Claude Cherry Pop. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this oh, is our... T- well, movie or so we've done on our podcast. Just for the podcast. Out of like 120 episodes or something. This is date no. night for us. <laughs> uh, but we're glad you're able to join us with it. Yeah. So uh, Maximum Risk, uh, 
from acclaimed action director Ringo Lamb, as mentioned in the uh, in the trailer. Who's he, Steve? Well, <laughs> you may know him from another Jean-Claude movie we did back in January, Replicant, which was a Ooh. pleasant surprise. Wait, another movie where Jean-Claude played two roles? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> this is a recurring theme. Yeah, we, we've noticed in watching a lot of Jean-Claude movies the past year that... Uh, Conservatively, half of them, Jean-Claude plays either his own clone or his own twin. Yeah. <laughs> Usually of a different nationality, too. <laughs> it's like, I'm French and Russian. I'm Chinese. I'm from Hong Kong and L.A. And yeah, it's... You should just play every male character in every movie he's in. I like Why? Well, I mean, we're different wigs, different, you know. <laughs> different accents. <laughs> competition. Then I'm going to direct you to Jean-Claude Van Johnson. <laughs> yes, it's a, it's, a, it's a series that's on uh, Amazon Prime right now. It's like six episodes, really? so it's like a three or four hour thing. Definitely check it out. Well, actually, she may need to see a few more Jean-Claude movies. At me. least Time Cop. Yeah. Because it is on TV all of the time. <laughs> so is it this like a spoof of Jean-Claude Van Damme? It's a, it's a spoof of what you hope his real life is. Yeah, it stars, <laughs> it stars him and everything. So. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wait, including... really is? is he, he's in it? And he is starring oh, yeah. all his other roles? He's, he's not he's, all the he's roles. He's in several roles. But he has several like, roles. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I had no idea. That is weird. <laughs> yeah, uh, but of course this movie stars Jean-Claude Van Damme in uh, as multiple roles. Uh, <laughs> I guess in the opening scene he's uh, if we, he's being chased by the FBI in uh, the south of France. Oh my gosh! This is where he jumps off the building and yes, to the, gets uh, shot in midair uh, and uh, lands on a in, through a car windshield. Yeah, uh, what a way to go! Right. Right? Oh yeah, oh. you got to make a scene. Oh no, wait, no, he was on the uh, motorcycle, wasn't he? He was on a fruit cart, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. He, was, he, was pulling, yeah, yeah. he was pulling the fruit cart and he, he went off like the ramp the or whatever. Okay. Yeah. Uh, There's flying through the air. There was a point where he jumped off a building, maybe yeah, yeah. onto the motorcycle and or Yeah, he was car? jumping from like fire escape to the fire escape on the other okay. thing and fell down and then hopped up, got on a fruit cart. He was being chased by uh, these these two guys in, in a car. You know, it's one of those like Italian job kind of scenes, like yeah. through the sm- small alleys. And then, uh, of course, he gets to the main boulevard there in Nice. Uh, I don't know. I can't remember if he is like like turns around and turns back, and there's like a little ramp or something he has to go off. Lance through windshield, boom, he's dead. That's <laughs> that's right. Smash cuts to the funeral because then it like pans over and John Claude's there at the funeral. It's like, wait, isn't it for him? And yeah, it was kind of thrown off there. They trick you. Uh, <laughs> the double switch. <laughs> but uh, this John Claude is a little bit tanner with a little bit different hairstyle. Indeed. <laughs> and, a, and a little different accent. He's apparently more buff too, because when he meets Natasha later in the movie, she grabs his butt and says something about he's harder now. Yeah, yeah harder mm. now. Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> I love so that whole scene that in that general. <laughs> You're not so squishy here or here or here. <laughs> so Jean Claude is now investigating his own death. No wait, he's investigating a man who looks just like him. So yeah. where do you go for answers? Your mom. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. The, the mom breaking down the story and everything was like, I I, I should have told you I, I had to choose one of you. It was like, uh, yeah, yeah, you probably could have told us, if it, or at least me, you know. <laughs> a, while, yeah, a while ago, like, she's crying like she's it just happened or something. She's like, what have I done? It's like, you did it, like, 30-something years ago, like, I mean, yeah, be sad about it, but she's acting like it just happened. It's so yeah. weird. And I gotta say, uh, cop Jean-Claude, oh, he is a cop, by the way, yeah, yeah. Uh, Officer Jean-Claude is, he's taking this news very well. Yeah. <laughs> like, he's like, it's okay, Mom, I understand. 
Yeah. It's like, does your brother understand that? <laughs> yeah, it's like, has a brother ever tried to contact you or anything? Like, no, 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 no nothing like that. <laughs> <laughs> I think he may have. He was in the neighborhood. <laughs> <laughs> there was some sort of paper. Oh, no, that's right. It was like a newspaper clipping he saw, and it was he was probably had the same reaction. Like, the hell is this guy? <laughs> yeah, we find that out later. Uh, yeah, yeah, true. But and so they go to check out, I, I guess, the motel he was staying at. Mm-hmm. And this is the first of many many scenes in this movie where it's like the the lady that runs the motel is like oh mr Kruchek or whatever her name is oh i got to i i heard horrible things about you i was like glad to see you okay would you like your room here here's your room key oh <laughs> and the keys to your car and everything else you own I'm don't so say sad. a word otherwise i might be miss wade <laughs> <laughs> yeah she launches everybody launches into like 10 lines of exposition for yeah. You know, no reason. Like, it's kind of roomish in that way, for sure. Yeah, it, it's fantastic because <laughs> it happens later when, uh, basically, just following the trail, he finds a, a note that says uh, Alex Bohemia, and they yeah. find the ticket that he was going to fly to New York. <laughs> because that's that's where he's been living. That's where he's been. Oh, that's yeah. right. That's right. He's flying so, back to New right, York. So, so yeah. dead yeah. brother is Mikhail. Alive brother is Elaine. Oh, Elaine. Excellent. Elaine Moreau. Here we go. Elaine. I couldn't, it sounded like you said Alan. And so I kept thinking it was like Alan, but just, you know, Russian or whatever. It's, it's French Alan, I think. Right. A L A I N. Oh, A L A I. Okay. I'm probably butchering it. And it's a uh, Russian Michael, so Mikhail. 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 So Elaine, he's going to steal the passport of Mikhail and he's going to go to New York City and find Alex Bohemia. Yes, he also goes to uh, uh, Mikhail's uh, lawyer because oh. uh, the lawyer was helping him like find. No, out he goes to the adoption lawyer that his mom used to get the oh, adoption yes, yes, records to find out who Mikhail's. Uh, oh, that's where, so funny. Where he was adopted to, and he gets there, and the building's on fire. <laughs> like full blaze, no fire alarm going up or anything. <laughs> <laughs> so the fire marshal needs to be called about that place. <laughs> Robin, how did you feel about this? <laughs> well, it's funny. There's that random Norwegian brutish-looking man riding in that elevator. elevator yeah. You know. Then um, the thing I thought was funny about this is everyone run, everyone runs out after the fire during the fire, like, and, and they're all in business suits and carrying briefcases, and it's supposed <laughs> to be in a. I guess it's a building, but it's just like they're all like in briefcases, like they were totally anticipating the fire. Yeah. <laughs> it's strange. I was like, what? And then I, the other funny part about that is when when he comes upon the secretary and she just shoves him the adoption information. Yeah. Like, please, please, please don't hurt me. Just take it. Like, I know your they friend. Didn't and all to, but here's your adoption information. It's like she just knew all he was coming and she just another exposition you know, vomit situation where she just vomits out all this information at, for, that's unprompted. Yeah. So oh, he like see, has the magical information immediately without even trying to find no, but, it. But see, somebody had already come by asking for it and her boss told her to hide it. And then when the men came to take it, she didn't give it to him. So they lit the building on fire. So now anybody who asked for it, she's like, screw it, the building's on fire. Take it. I'm leaving. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Here's, here's your extra food and beverage credits of your flight and everything too just, just leave me alone yeah. like here, here's my purse what else you want you like the shoes here take the shoes uh, and she's but, not even attempting to get out she's just sort of no. like hanging out in the in the in the room while there's the fires going like she's not heading for an exit or anything she's just 
And she was right there by the window too. Like like the desk was like I don't know four feet from the window. It's like that's that's where you go. There's a fire escape yeah. there and everything. But she had to find the paperwork. <laughs> See, she had filed it away. <laughs> Very organized. So she gets the papers, and, and I actually looked it up on IMDb. The uh, the big Norwegian guy, uh, his character name is Redface. Because <laughs> I, because it was like, well, I, I don't even, I want to know what this guy's name, the whole history. Yeah, played by like a, yeah, like a Greek Norwegian bodybuilder guy, Stefanos Mikolodikos or something like that. Some but, sort of alabaster god. But, but yeah, yeah. Um, uh, but he comes back to finish the job, and him and uh, Elaine have a fight. Yeah. In the fire and everything too. <laughs> like, it was a fire fight. <laughs> Any fights in this movie for sure. Yeah. Uh, and then, oh, that's right. There's a scene where he like he basically like picks Elaine up and like throws him out the window, <laughs> yeah. but he catches the uh, oh my god, the, the door. Shutter. Yeah, the shutter yeah. door. Yeah, and he like he's just swinging out on like the third third or fourth floor wherever he's on, and then he just kicks off and comes back and like drop kicks him in the face yeah. and back into the room. I'm like, oh, it's a pretty cool little stunt, but <laughs> I, don't, I don't know how sturdy that door would really be. <laughs> I feel like a strong wind that might shake it with Jean Claude's a more petite man compared to some of the other guys he fights in this movie. That's true. That's true. He's fit. <laughs> He's lean. <laughs> He's pretty fit. I mean, like, having never seen a Jean-Claude Van Damme movie, I was like, wow. He's oh. he's been tough. Oh, you. Oh, yeah. We'll we'll uh we'll send you a list of ones you need to check out. There's a. Uh, okay. We also found another running theme is he rarely has his clothes on the entire show. We've yet to find a movie where he keeps his clothes on the entire show. Yeah. So you're welcome. Uh, <laughs> to keep for keeping them. I mean, what's the point in having that body if you right? cover it up? Oh yeah. yeah. You know? he, he, he doesn't work out five hours a day to hide that thing in a sweater. If I had that <laughs> body, I would not wear clothes. Robin, if you had that body, would you wear clothes? No. I'd go around naked, pretty much. Right. If I had the female equivalent of that body. Oh, if I had that body. <laughs> I'd be like, honey, you seem a little different. You're, you're, you're a little different. harder. A relationship would be different, but I wouldn't wear clothes. <laughs> uh, anyway, um... <laughs> Uh, so he, then he, uh, after the fire and getting away scot-free, mm-hmm. uh, he takes the flight to New York as his brother, um, yeah. you know, pre-9-11 and days. And a d- dead man's stolen passport. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> An officer of the French law steals a dead man's passport and goes to New York. Yeah. And then uh, he picks up a taxi at the airport, and <laughs> the taxi driver guy... Uh, I want to know more about him! Do you know? I feel like that could have been its own movie. <laughs> I, I think it was. It was called uh, Conspiracy Theory. Um, I think it was played by Mel Gibson. But... He was very weird. Just yeah. very weird. Taxi driver. Yeah, very energetic. Uh, loaded with theories. Um, and he says he's uh, taking down notes to write the next great American novel. Cocaine's a hell of a drug. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What do you think about the acting? I mean... I'm in the room, so you know maybe I shouldn't be talking. But that act, the, uh, the cab driver, his acting was just like so weird to me. I mean, it it it, it was not believable. It was very all. very erratic. <laughs> we'll put it that way. Uh. I think he nailed a cocaine loaded uh, New York cabbie. So. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but but Jean Claude's like, okay, okay, just stop talking for a sec. Can you help me find Alex Bohemia? Oh, uh, uh, he, that's right. basically he was like, 
Oh, yeah, yeah, if you need to find anything, I can find it. I, you know, no matter what it is, blah, blah. I need to find this person. What, do you think I'm a magician or something? You want to find one person <laughs> in the city of New York? Most people come here just to find loads of people. No. <laughs> <laughs> Takes him to the address that was on uh, the like driver's license or whatever for his on apartment. The yeah. Yeah. That's right. And then uh, I just have written down uh, kids quote-unquote playing basketball in the alley and for some reason i thought of the room and playing football in the alley because oh yeah <laughs> i was yeah. like oh it's, Steve, it's all coming together as someone who plays the sports ball how was their sports ball acting i mean they were dribbling <laughs> sometimes um i don't know what they were doing in the alley loaded with all the the trash bags and everything because like there didn't appear to be a hoop they just appeared to be five or six people just running around with a basketball uh, but then they're distracted by Elaine as he's mm. walking through looking for an address. Yeah, he's quite distracting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, indeed. That's right. Say, man, what you doing around here? <laughs> you in the <laughs> neighborhood, white boy. Oh, wait, guys. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, right. He's out of place for sure. Yeah, but uh, luckily uh, Elaine is saved by Old Man Exposition, uh, who's <laughs> yes. from, from the neighborhood. And, of course continues to fill in the rest of the story <laughs> you ain't been around here in a long time we thought something happened to you now let me co- come on in i still have your guitar sitar was that a sitar i think so. it was a mandolin because i wrote it down uh... i thought it was so weird that it's just sitting there like he apparently hasn't been back to see that guy in forever and that he has his mandolin sitting right there he's like oh i've got your mandolin right here and it's like it's just that was just so ridiculous i yeah. was like what? And, and it was like between the fridge and the sink it's like there's nothing else you could put there the like like, like <laughs> maybe one of those you... dish racks or something oh what yeah. you guys missed is he keeps a little item from every kid who lives in the building so the rest of his apartment is just like wall-to-wall episode of hoarders uh. <laughs> that was the only place he had left for a musical instrument. It's like, no, no, don't go in that room. <laughs> that would, oh, and then that scene, also, there is a really weird close-up on the father figure. The father figure guy, his eyes. Did you see that? I wrote oh, down anything yeah. that was weird. And all of a sudden, it's just like there's a dialogue scene back and forth. And suddenly, there's a super close-up on, on that father figure guy, his eyes. Yeah. For no reason. For no reason at all. It's like, <laughs> what? And then it's suddenly back to like a regular you know, scene. Yeah, it's one of those things, like, maybe there was, like, a scene that was cut from the movie where it's, like, I, I don't know, he was, like, wearing a mustache or a disguise or something, and that's how he identifies them. Like, it's a zoom-in like that, where it's, like, remember these eyes, this will be important later. <laughs> dun, dun. Yeah. It never comes back. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, basically, Old Man Exposition tells him that uh, he's a big-time gangster with the Russian mob, uh, but he kind of bailed when he found out about uh, Elaine. Uh, so he went to, but yeah, he was uh, trying to go straight, trying to buy his way out of the out of the the Russian mob. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, so he's basically like, if you're looking for answers to who killed your brother, you probably need to go down to Little Odessa and uh, the bar down there called the Bohemia. Like, oh no, because oh, uh, yeah. because Elaine goes, I'm looking for uh, I, I'm looking for a person, Alex Bohemia, and he goes, I don't know anybody by that name, but that's a bar down in Little Odessa. So then he goes down there. Genius. So they go down to the bar. Sorry, I, I had a weird note written down. Guy calls from boobs. Um, <laughs> so he goes down to the bar in Lilo Tessa, and uh, instantly he walks in. There's like people like saluting him with shots of vodka, and the bartender's like, "Oh, here's your vodka, Mister Nakhoshtik, or whatever his last name is." Uh, Suvorov. 
Mr. Suvorov. Okay, eh, that was close. That's <laughs> completely different. <laughs> but then there's a uh, one bald gangster guy who like sees him and then starts using his uh his brick cell phone to call somebody, but he's like huddled down by a girl's boobs. And that's why I had that written <laughs> <Yeah>. down. <laughs> that's right. And then uh, that's when we're introduced to. Uh, Alex, played by Natasha Hendrich from Species. Species. And she does the like thing like, oh, uh, Mr. Suvorov, we have a call right over here for you, if you'd like me to show you. Here, come into the hall with me. Now I'm going to make out with you, because you're not supposed to be here. Here's the keys to your apartment. I'm so glad you let me hang out there. Uh, and, uh, yeah, uh, you better go. I'll meet you there after work. I get off at nine. Uh, 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 no, shh, don't worry. Right, and then he's dumbfounded by how gorgeous she is. He can't speak. He's just staring at her, which I found Jean-Claude Van Damme does a lot. He's just kind of blankly stares forward in a lot of situations. Not that I I thought he was bad. I thought he was decent. I'm like, oh, he should have had a... Like, sometimes he had really good moments, but he also just sort of stared (laughs) a lot. Well, it seems to be a great way to interrogate somebody in this movie. It works, like, with everybody. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Oh, you want to know about the time I went down to Kentucky and the set, set up the meth lab with the... <laughs> I need to try okay, that. Okay, fine, I'll talk. <laughs> yeah, you gotta use it more often. Try it on the kids. <laughs> do Do you know why you're in trouble? And then and just leave it there and just let them talk for the next ten minutes. Like what? What? What is it? Is Is it about the car? Is it about me dropping the popsicle in the car? I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. It'll never happen again. <laughs> they'd probably be like, oh, I'm not in trouble. And they just run off and play. They wouldn't care. <laughs> Whatever. Start playing on their phones and just walk out yeah. of the room. <laughs> you still here, Mom? Jeez. <laughs> uh, so, uh, so Natasha sends him on his way, but in the alley he's met by three guys. And uh, insert another fight scene. <laughs> yes! He uh, roundhouse kicks a couple of guys, but then he... <laughs> Then he starts getting the crap beat out of him a little bit. and uh... <laughs> Robin, what did you think of uh, the fight scene? Well, I just thought it was funny, and it made me realize that a lot of 90s and maybe even 80s movies have these random chase scenes through New York City or big cities where people are shooting and running and, like, you know, mowing over, off, near almost mowing over pedestrians, knocking over fruit stands. like, yeah. And, like, you never... That never happens. Like, do you ever hear of some random shootout where they don't know who did. I mean, if there's any kind of shootout, they know who did it. The cops find them. They arrest them pretty fast. Like it's just, it's not, it never happens where there's some unknown group of people chasing another unknown dude. And it, it, it never becomes this huge story with press. And like, if that actually happened in New York city, it would be the biggest story in the world. And everyone involved would be arrested immediately, including the people actually shooting like these mobsters no one ever arrests them. They never figure out who's shooting. And it's just, and that was one example of that. It was just like, and I remember, I just realized there's a lot of movies that like that. Oh, when yeah. I was a kid, I watched all these movies. I just bought it. I'm like, oh yeah, I guess that's just what happens. There, there, there's no Mayor Giuliani grandstanding about the whole thing. I'm like, oh, make sure these guys are put in the chair. Uh, yeah. But, they don't but, catch the mobsters. The mobsters are never arrested in any of these chase scenes. I mean, John Claude Van Damme, I think, gets arrested like every single time. Yeah. <laughs> he really he does get arrested a lot. 
Everybody else, though, it's like, oh, no, 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 yeah, don't worry about him. He's fine. This, this yeah, guy, the this guy has the funny show. accent, though. He's the one we need to Are you up. telling me in an action movie the cops are only there for plot convenience? <laughs> <laughs> what? They're, they're there to enforce the plot. <laughs> but yeah, the, well, while they're running through, he's running through the town, it's return of the taxi driver guy who comes in and saves him and hops in the so car. So he's legitimately being stalked by this taxi driver now, oh, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> that was really convenient, too. Yeah, I mean great for Jean-Claude Van Damme, but like, yeah, very convenient. The cab, cab driver just happened to be there. And... Yeah. I've never been to New York. Once you use a cabbie, is he like your cabbie for life? Oh, like, no. this is how all these movies <laughs> are. Like, it's it's kind of like, like taking on a dog. Like, even if you try and lose them, they find you again. <laughs> well, to be fair, Jean-Claude did give him like 500 bucks or something like that, and what promised yeah. to be chapter one of his great American novel. This, but this is why I think that guy would have like driven to Atlantic City. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, that's what a real cabbie would have done. Have been like, oh yeah, yeah, sure. I'll just be out here for like five minutes waiting for you. <laughs> hey guys, I'm closing shop early. <laughs> uh, but yeah, the the driver takes him to I guess Natasha's hotel, but gets the uh, he gets the apartment across the way instead of going in her apartment. Yeah, he doesn't have Natasha with him yet. He yeah. goes to the building with the key that she gives him. Yeah. I th- yeah, it's a hotel, right? I thought it was a ho- cheesy, like a hotel, like a, you know, crappy hotel. Because doesn't somebody say, doesn't his cab driver say that? That's a seedy oh, yeah, hotel. Oh, it's a real shithole or something like that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah, he goes, he doesn't go to the room that she's booked. He gets the room across the hall because he wants to keep an eye on the room she booked. Yeah, and uh, and waits it out, and then she, when she gets off work, she meets him there. Uh, and while they're in the room, it, and again, it's the scene where it's like he, he pulls her into the room, like, "What are you doing? This is kind of weird and freaky." Oh yeah, ooh, you're a lot harder than you used to <laughs> yes. be. Yeah, and, and like literally like taking clothes off and everything, and that's when he's like, "I I I can't do this. I'm sorry, I'm not Michael or Mikael. He's dead." And instantly, like, the look on her face is sur- surprisingly upset- accepting of what she's just been told. <laughs> I know she never cries, never grieves. There's never, like, a hesitation, uh, like, that her boyfriend just died. Yeah. Like, she just accepts his twin brother as his replacement, like, completely immediately. And it's like, cool. <laughs> I mean, like, oh, just like, oh. I mean, I mean it's, it's like an upgrade version, I guess. Like, <laughs> wait, you're not tied to the Russian mafia, right? <laughs> like, well, not yet. I got a find out some things first <laughs> well i mean robin like woman to woman if you came home and your husband's butt was a little bit harder and you <laughs> suddenly uh he goes like oh i'm so sorry i'm not actually him i'm his twin brother i'm actually a french cop french cop we have to move to nice now like are you gonna be <laughs> grieving a ton or not <laughs> true <laughs> you may have a few follow-up questions like uh when is our flight <laughs> How much am I allowed to take with me? Right. Are the kids coming or staying? Tell <laughs> your butt one more time. <laughs> Let me just. Oh wow, that is for. <laughs> I mean, I love you, sweetie. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Well, you know, one of those better-looking pro basketball players comes. I mean, honey, if you came home and I was the chick from Species. Oh. Well, I mean. I, I would still choose you, sweetie. Natasha Hedges, give me a call. 
as or while they're about to make out, he's basically dumping the news of a lifetime to mm-hmm. honor. Uh, that's when they hear a noise across the hall, and uh, the mobsters have shown up and basically broken into her apartment, looking for her. Well, yeah, kicked looking open for the them. door, and, looking uh, for them. They're not here, and they go and interrogate the poor desk clerk, who is so confused, <laughs> as he should be. <laughs> have you seen this guy? Yeah, <laughs> he was just here. He got in the, the room across the hall from there. 305, I no, think. because they're asking about her. They go, what room did she go up to? And she goes, she asked to go up to... 304 or whatever like she's not in there we just checked i don't know because yeah then there's like i don't know some like they're like who else is in this building well there was a guy who took the room across the hall did he look like this oh yeah that's him <laughs> that's the guy go get him <laughs> we're, we're cool though right <laughs> <laughs> uh so yeah then they uh basically go to the roof and escape that way and then did they go th- like they fall through the roof into the strip club I think so. How, how do they end up in there? I remember it was kind of like going through a door or window or like falling in They fight or into it. Yeah. but It's more fight. Yeah, I'm not sure. I can't remember how yeah. they end up there. So, so many crashes and explosions. Hard to keep them straight. <laughs> <laughs> like any yeah. good movie. No, I was kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so they, they go into the strip club so we can get, you know, gratuitous nudity because why yeah. not? And then, yeah, they the just start. of our podcast. <laughs> And then just start shooting up the club, like all kinds of patrons getting shot. Just this is the thing that would definitely show up in like the news that night, maybe right. a special edition of the newspaper. Not if it was an underground seedy club, and so they never reported it to anybody. It looked like a pretty happening club. Right. There was a line out front and everything. Uh, but yeah, they go through the club, out into the streets. There's more shootouts, more news newspaper stands getting knocked over, <laughs> more jumping over cars, honking. Hey, I'm walking here. Bah, bah, bah. Um, all that going on, um, and then the taxi driver guy shows up again to save him. Uh, but then oh, there's, but then there's also the red face guy, and he has a car and an Uzi and just <laughs> unload <laughs> everywhere. Uh, but yeah, a bunch of bumping and crashing and just getting out of there, um, and they get away scot free and they pull down an alley. <laughs> but then they start slowing down. Why, why are they? Why are they slowing down? <gasps> the taxi driver's been shot. Just slowly bleeding out, poor guy. And he dies in Jean-Claude's arms, the way many people wish to go. <laughs> and I love the monologue he gives when oh, he's dying, too. It is fantastic. <laughs> it's it's totally like, like <laughs> it's, one of, it's one of those scenes like at the end of a Western where the guy's like, just tell little Jim, I'll see him soon. <laughs> I'll tell, tell him. Grandma. I'll tell him. You're supposed to go home and write. When he's home, I'm always working anyway. I guess we got chapter one finished. Oh, my God. This is Alex. Alex Bohemia. That's great. Unexpected development. The whole thing's so scary. So after the taxi driver dies in Jean-Claude's arms, oh, uh, then... <laughs> a story that he's going to write. It's a twist, plot twist or whatever. I <laughs> guess we found the end. Chapter one. <laughs> <laughs> yes. 
Uh, we then go to a, uh, a nearby restaurant where uh, Jean-Claude and Natasha are having a rather awkward discussion at a high volume in the middle of a public place <laughs> about basically like, I need to uh, find the... Uh, Find the head of the Russian mafia. No, man, they're going to hunt you down and kill you, and they're going to kill me, and they're going to kill everyone in here for just listening to us. Yeah, pr- pr- pretty much something like that. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> and so Natasha Hendricks basically like, you're on your own. <laughs> and then, like, count to ten, and then she walks back and is like, all right, I'll help you. <laughs> I think she realizes she can't know. go home. By, by, by the way, uh, so when Natasha comes back saying she's helping out, you, you realize, once again... Mm-hmm. Elaine convinced her to help him out by not saying a thing. By staring awkwardly? By just staring awkwardly at nothing. <laughs> totally. And then she's say like, anything. And then she's gone back like, okay, fine, I'll help you. Let's let's go to your place. <laughs> <laughs> Take me to Mikhail's place. Yeah, I wonder if you are that buff and are that tan and are that naked, if that works. Like, maybe <laughs> you could just stare ahead. As long as you're all that other stuff. Yeah. Okay, just Robin, parents. new Kickstarter you know? idea. We're going to kickstart for all of us to get super buff super and buff, stare super at tan. people. And just, <laughs> we just go to the grocery store and start staring at people, basically people naked. Oh, yeah. She can't go back to work. Oh, we skipped to the part where uh, before she left to go meet Jean-Claude, the Russian mobsters met at her work, the Odessa Club. Oh, yeah. They know that she's been talking to who they think, who they think is Mikhail. This is where we get introduced to his family. He was adopted by the Russian mob. Mikhail was. So, yeah, so basically that's why they're tracking her. Mikhail's other adopted brother... Ivan? Ivan. Ivan thinks that Mikhail's turning witness on them, and uh, Mm. the the godfather father (laughs) uh, doesn't believe him, and so there's a little internal struggle going on. Yeah, a little little power struggle in the Russian mob. This is the first time we get to see the bald-headed guy get his face punched in oh. and that's going to be a re- repeating theme for him. Yeah. I felt bad for him. <laughs> that poor bald-headed guy, just, it was not his day. <laughs> no. He just was not, yeah, he had really bad luck. Because isn't he the one who's can't, he's not right outside there, her house, his house. There's somebody else that he beats up first when they go to his house. Yeah, that's right. right. He, uh, The bald guy actually went to get coffee or something and it, right. like while he was gone, they Basically, got the guy who was running the stake out or whatever. It went in the house. By the way, nice little house that uh, Mikhail had there. Well, yeah, I mean, come on, he's running. He's assistant. He's assistant manager of the mob. <laughs> <laughs> he's he's level ma- mob management, honey. <laughs> is, is that what conciliary means? Or <laughs> he wears a little pin on his lapel. Assistant manager, mob. Hello, my name is Mikhail. (laughs) Oh, yeah, yeah. They give him, like, a little star to put on his uh, lapels for every year he's worked there. (laughs) The two stakeout guys, the bald guy and the other Russian guy, and basically end up beating the crap out of him, interrogating him, and um, we we, we noticed the the hot tub. Oh, hold on. Sorry, our cats are being cats. (laughs) I have two cats also. Oh, nice. Where are their names? They are known for being cats. Yeah. What, <laughs> but they fight. They're in the other room. What, what are their names? Oh, Rocky and um, Rusty. Oh, nice. How about yours? <laughs> Mr. Pickles and Castor Troy. Oh. <laughs> Castor is Cute. named after a, uh, a Nicolas Cage character from a movie and... Mr. Pickles came with that name. I think he's named after a sandwich shop in uh, mid-California. <laughs> okay. 
That's a good name for a cat. I like it. Uh, but the, uh, they basically uh, interrogate two guys, and uh, we noticed the the hot tub in his apartment was like full and ready to go. And we we're wondering, like, <laughs> why why is his tub full? Is it the bathroom? Yeah, He's yeah. not conserving water. I mean, that's just not no. right for the environment. <laughs> well, yeah, and Mikhail right? was a niece. Oh. Like, who was I using his hot tub while he was gone? Oh, my God. Do you think the mobster guys were... Do- like, oh, the like, guys who turned over the dude, apartment? Dude, guys, check out this tub here. This looks amazing. Oh, my God, there's jets right here where your back goes. So somebody had turned over the apartment. Maybe they, like, strained their backs and were like, you know what, while we're here, like, let's jacuzzi <laughs> it up. <laughs> he's still in France for I think he's dead so <laughs> <laughs> we got nothing but time yeah. it's around that time uh, we find out that the FBI is after him because like the regional director of the FBI and these two lackeys of his basically Mikhail had a bunch of uh, information so Ivan him. was going to turn witness or no uh, Mikhail was going to turn witness confirming Ivan's suspicions but the mob had paid off one of the FBI directors and part of Mikhail's information he was going to turn over was going to convict this uh, FBI director as well and so the the dirty FBI agents are after them as well we don't learn that information until later right like because we don't know all that yet we just know that the FBI show up at that other house that they go to remember they're like asleep on the couch and that's an agents show up and then they just they just base base you know like their decision to beat those fbi agents up based on the fact that they're acting weird and they know that their his brother is dead Um, they know that they know mikhail is dead so that makes alan suspicious that they are in on the murder of his brother and that's when he decides to beat up the fbi agents also yeah he's just starting to put the pieces together and try to figure it all out in the meantime it's cop training right in the meantime there's no one he can trust except maybe his dead brother's ex-girlfriend um (laughs) exotic dancer ex-girlfriend she was a waitress who used to be a dancer oh that's right mikhail convinced her to become a waitress because it was better for her self-esteem that's right that's right i forgot that part (laughs) (laughs) it was so hard to buy though like natasha henstridge i mean she's a good actress and She's gorgeous, and I'm like, really? I don't know. Really? You can't get a job as a supermodel somewhere? Come on. <laughs> I, I feel like if you, if you find an agent somewhere, they'll find yeah. something for you. <laughs> I don't know. In the world of movies, everyone is gorgeous. Like, yeah. she might just be a five in this world. <laughs> might be. Might be. You don't see, it's not like you see a bunch of supermodels in this movie who aren't playing regular people. True, yeah, but they, I don't know, some of the guys are good looking. You know yeah. what, we're, we're not going to get into it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they beat up the FBI guys, and they leave the apartment. And now they're on the run again. Yep, and, and while they're driving away, that's when he's, like, breaking it down with Alex. That's Alex, how, Like, yes. Natasha, what's her name? Yeah, Alex. <laughs> and uh, and uh, that's when he's basically like, all right, so the FBI killed Mikhail. All right, good to know. And that's when he's like, all right, well, I need to go see Kilroff, who's the boss of the boss. I guess the adopted father of Mikhail. And Ivan. And, and Ivan. And, of course, they're all just chilling at the day spa, as yeah. I assume most people in New York do. More gratuitous boobies. Oh, yeah, we got to go. Well, well, it's guy boobies. <laughs> oh, wait, is that is that, that point? Because there is one when he first, uh, the two mo- the mobsters meet, like, and they hug and kiss each other. 
and they have that discussion in the office before we have the like the naked scene where they're in the. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, and Ivan goes and sees them and stuff. Yes, yeah. yes, and uh, adopted father tells Ivan basically like Mikhail would never betray us, yeah. and Ivan's like he already has. Yes, that's when we entered. Yeah. Because I thought it was so weird, the hug. I just thought it was so cliche, the, yes, they're mobsters, so they're going to hug and kiss because they're family. And it's just, like, so over-the-top cliche because then they start arguing immediately. Yeah. And clearly, like, uh, the younger guy, Ivan, can't stand the older guy. Yeah. Well, uh, Ivan is, like, I think part of the reason why they're so familiar is they later like, the the godfather says he raised Mikhail and Ivan both like as his sons so they are like actually like adopted father son so it's not just it's cliche on cliche but (laughs) it's a a very Shakespearean plot (laughs) yes so yeah so then after that first meeting that's when Mikhail oh that's right he goes and gets the uh, the bald guy to take him to the yeah. day spa because again i was like bust his nose or whatever like all right take, take me to where uh what's his name kill it off is like yeah. okay by the way yet another great villain uh with like kill or murder or villain in <laughs> <Yeah>. his name <laughs> take me where murder house is <laughs> so they go to the day spa and basically holds like i have been at gunpoint and there was like a whole back and forth where like basically informed me i'm like Mikhail's dead, and you know the Kilrov is like like uh, like visibly like torn up about it, yeah. and he's um, a baby boy. And then he also finds out at that point that uh, Ivan and his goons have been trying to kill Elaine, thinking it's Mikhail the whole mm-hmm. time. And then he's like, "You were just supposed to bring him in. You're not supposed to kill him. You have disgraced me." And like, I think smacks him a couple times or something yeah, like that. Right? Throws yeah. Ivan out of the out of the day spa. Yeah. And then, uh, by the way, weird scene when Ivan goes to get redressed and there are people just like eating next to the changing booths. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the restaurant is right next to this spa. You know, they establish they're in a bar first when they first walk in. It's a bar. Yeah. And then they suddenly go down a corridor and it's this place where they're all sitting in towels with no weapons. It's just so convenient for the plot that they don't have weapons so they can't. So he's able to storm in there with his gun and the fat bald dude who, you know, is again having a really bad day. Uh, yeah. I looked up his name. His name is Yuri. Yuri's having a bad day. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, poor Yuri. And it's yeah. just so. I mean, as a writer, it's just so obviously they did it for the plot for the so that they can't fight back. They don't have guns. They don't have weapons. So he's able to storm in there. Like let's just randomly make a spa where they're all in towels at night next to a bar yeah. and then there's a restaurant adjacent as well where people are eating and like hey it's just like what but where are we gonna just... put the changing rooms next to the guys <laughs> eating duh yeah. this is a great yeah. business plan <laughs> it's, it's dinner and a show <laughs> and they get pedicures and manicures there i mean you do everything there yeah that's right yeah like when I, ivan's like stewing while he's getting a manicure done he's, yeah. just, he's just like got this angry like kill him oh, ooh, ooh, cuticles careful sweetie yeah it's a clip don't push yeah, right. uh, that's when uh ivan gets his gun and Ivan, get your gun basically that's when uh red face shows up yeah and uh he basically just goes into the spa you know not looking awkward at all but then he just stabs killerov in the side with a shank mm-hmm. or, or probably a real knife i don't know i couldn't quite see I think it was, it was a knife but, yeah but he got shanked. <laughs> got shanked. And then we get a towel fight. 
Uh, <laughs> towel fight. <laughs> and the towels never come off. No, no, those are some secure towels. I can learn how to tie my towels better. <laughs> this, this is nothing like Eastern Promises. This is, I, I, there's, there's got to be like a buckle or some sort of snap or something on them. Like they're locked in place no matter, <laughs> no matter how much rolling around the ground or being thrown up against walls. Round kicks, but you know the towels are still on. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so so Kilrov is bleeding, and that's when Ivan comes in with his gun and double taps. Another finisher, though. So many times in these movies, they don't double tap and finish the job, and then it comes back to bite them in the butt. Yep. Ivan finished the job. <laughs> he's, he's a completionist. <laughs> <laughs> he's a finisher. <laughs> yeah. And uh, it's about that time, like like everybody's starting to get guns, and so. Uh, Elaine has to grab his clothes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Elaine's like running away and like locks himself in the locker room, grabs all of his clothes, runs, and three seconds later he's like fully dressed, like like putting his last shoe on or something as he's like leaving the restaurant. It's like that's a nice little time warp. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, when you're Jean Claude Van Damme, you can just get changed faster. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, come on, Steve. Imagine <laughs> like if you were that hard, like how fast the clothes would slip on your body. That's true. That's true. <laughs> That's right. And, and the clothes are probably tailored to like specifically. It's it's like a like a like a glove made specifically mm-hmm. for his body. Oh yeah. <laughs> and they're aerodynamic. That's why the jeans oh. are so tight for aerodynamicy. <laughs> <laughs> it's a word. Look it up. And they're also very flexible for the round kicks. Like oh, those okay. pants are not going to rip in the crotch. Exactly. It's, it's got that, that, that extra bit in the crotch here. <laughs> By the way, Jean-Claude has to be wearing jeggings, right? Like to be able to pull off all these stunts? Usually. Yeah, usually. And for them to be that tailored. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's right. And this is the scene where the the day spa is also apparently right next to uh, the L train or, you know, some some uh, mass transit train. Yeah. And so he runs up to the bus stop. And people are chasing him with guns, and then he jumps across in front of a train and lands in the middle, and then here comes the train coming the other way, and then, oh shit, he's dropping right down the bottom now, and dangling oh, from a traffic light. one of the guys tried to chase after him and got hit by a train. Oh, that's right. Uh, one, of, yeah. one of them became a train pizza. Yeah, so Steve, I mean, what we've learned from other movies, how often does a train go by? So often you don't even notice. <laughs> Uh, it's a Blues Brothers line for those that don't know. <laughs> the original Blues Brothers. That's right, the good one. No. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah, so he's hanging from the traffic light. And the cops and, gather beneath him. Oh, yeah, cops gather beneath him. Thankfully, because then he falls and lands on the hood of a cop car. and Saved his life. Yeah, basically arrest him there. and Saved his life again. Yeah. As a red face and somebody else stare on angrily. Yeah. Fist shaking. So much fist shaking. By the way, if you're an officer of the law and you see two cloaked figures, like, looking super angry at the guy you're putting in the cop car while everybody else is just looking in, like, shock and disbelief, don't you maybe just wander over and ask them some questions? Excuse me, just out of curiosity, do you have several guns on you right now? Do you know this gentleman? They don't ask what happened, they don't interview witnesses, they don't just arrest the first guy they see. I see this guy hanging from a train. We're throwing him in jail. Job, job done. Everybody out for donuts. That's right. <laughs> no, nothing else to see here. <laughs> to, I mean, even though the mobsters were the ones shooting the entire time, like it doesn't matter. Like he was running. He didn't even have mm-hmm. a gun at the time. It just, but he's he's arrested because he's obviously to blame. Well, yeah. I mean, Robin, you you live in, <laughs> in L.A., right? Yeah. I mean, if you run from the cops, you're the one arrested, right? <laughs> 
That's right. Well, was he running from the cops there, or was he running from the um, like just the mobsters? He was running from everybody. He was running from everybody. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I think, I think there were a couple cops that were like, you know, once they started shooting coming out of the day spa and going into a subway <laughs> station, it's like, oh damn, I guess my break's over. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or the uh, the subway police. The oh yeah, uh, like the metro cops. Yeah, that's probably. Oh <laughs> well, no, I just know Bart out here. Run from cops. Okay. Or carry a gun. Or shoot anybody okay check it check those off my list yeah <laughs> definitely don't kill somebody and then run with a gun <laughs> okay that's I'll the quickest way to get arrested <laughs> and then uh ivan meets with the uh the fbi guys who are trying to get jean-claude too cause apparently um there just all kinds of threats are being thrown around at that point yeah. where it's like i kill you no you can't kill us otherwise you'll, you'll all we burn. can't kill him until we get the list we That's need right. him to get the list so, yeah, so the fbi agents go and basically get jean-claude and then uh they gotta take a little trip back to nice because his brother has a safety deposit box that nobody else can open yep so they go to the bank in nice oh also um the fbi has alex yes and then once they get to the bank in Nice, you know, smash cut to 24-hour flight later. <laughs> uh, they, oh, they, they just took the train. Oh, they took the train to France? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that makes <laughs> You've never taken the, tra- the train from New York to France? No, no, I haven't. I mean, really, it's like downtown New York, New York to Nice. Like, it's not just anywhere in France. It's kind of specific. Yeah, you got to transfer in Brussels, though, right? Oh, my gosh. And then, like, these, you got to carry, like, four tickets with you. It's so confusing. <laughs> Uh, the joys of international travel but we also find out like as they're going in uh, the Russian mobs there in a van as well and they have uh, Elaine's French cop buddy uh, Gerard we'll say his name I don't know I will look up his name while you're talking (laughs) Francois (laughs) Um, (laughs) and so a lot of hostage situation stuff going on but he goes in and and again the the bank tellers there is like Oh, Mr. Suvarov, so nice to see you again. Shall I show you to the safety deposit area? And it's like, uh, yes, thank you very much. Uh, is it Sebastian? Sebastian, that's it. Sebastian. Yes, yes. So Sebastian is the French cop friend guy. Yes. Yeah, so they go to the safety deposit box, uh, and there's there was two boxes, right? So first he brings them the first one, and then as Jean-Claude's looking through it, they go, oh, and this is the other one. Oh, cause he, uh, cause what, so when they go up and they go, I'm looking for a safety deposit box, either under Mikael's name, under Elaine's name, or under their mother's name. And there's uh, one under Mikael's name, and there's one under their mother's name. There's right. one, cause he comes in and goes, oh, and this is the one under the other name you requested. And like you're a. Oh, that's right. It was it was under uh, Alan Alan Moreau or Elaine Moreau. Or Elaine Moreau. Okay, okay. Yes. So it was under his name too. Yeah, okay. I think it was under his name, Alan. Uh, but but in the okay. safety deposit boxes, one's loaded with a shit ton of cash. And a gun. And a gun. And a tape recorder. Yeah. And, of course, that's where we get, well, a, a different version from what the trailer had. Yeah. But, uh... Who was that guy in the trailer? That was not Jean-Claude Van Damme. <laughs> well, that, to be fair, neither was the tape recording that was in this movie. That's true. <laughs> I, I don't know who's doing the voice on the tape recorder, but it wasn't it Jean-Claude sounded with more a like Russian Jean-Claude accent. Van Damme yeah. than... It'd be like if I were doing a Jean-Claude. <laughs> you doing Jean-Claude doing a... Uh... If I were doing Jean-Claude with a Russian accent. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and this is where he, Jean-Claude asked for a cigarette and oh, some gum. Some gum, yeah. Jean- While well, Jean-Claude's, uh, you know, getting all the stuff ready to go and he sets a little trap with the cigarette and the, 
the gum, uh, we we see Redface shows up again. Dun, dun, dun. And he just kind of <laughs> leisurely strolls through the bank. Mm-hmm. Stro- and, like, strolls through the safety deposit area. Oh, and the FBI agents area. recognize him. Oh, yeah. And, and like, panic. They're like, oh, shit. Oh, shit. This is, <laughs> this is about to get bad. Oh, boy. So Jean-Claude sets all that up, walks out of his uh, his room where he was opening the safety deposit boxes. Uh, oh, and he gave instructions to the uh, the bank teller guy, like, oh, you put this, uh, send this away to the FBI oh, headquarters or something Send this to the like uh, American Embassy. American Embassy, that's right, that's right. Yeah. No, and then he hears a kerfuffle outside after the guy leaves with the box, and he comes out, and the guy he handed the box to is dead. Yep, and so is the box. <laughs> yeah. And, and that's when, like, a, a secretary or something, like, walks around the corner and sees him with the be- dead bank teller's body. He's Basically. Like, oh, my and, God. Oh, and a gun in hand. Oh, yeah, yeah, because, you know. <laughs> <laughs> he always has the gun. He's right. always in trouble. He's always the one they're chasing after. He's always... yeah, so then uh, a smoke alarm goes off, and then he runs into Red Face in the elevator, and there's a big old elevator fight. Elevator fight! Like, elevator fight! So much mm-hmm. kicking of the emergency buttons and <laughs> rolling around the ground, and there's a knife, and and they just can't can't quite. Ah, ah. But then, uh, <laughs> excellent reinterpretation. <laughs> I mean, I mean, there's just a lot of grunting and groaning and smashing. Of it's it. true. Uh, but eventually, the knife gets dropped, and Jean Claude like kicks it oh, that's right like, like he's getting choked out but he like kicks the knife so it goes into red face's foot yeah and it gets him to release up and then you know kind of turn the tables around and then eventually red face gets kind of gutted yeah <laughs> meanwhile while this is happening everyone's being escorted out of the bank because the fire alarm's going off it is not a drill uh and so everybody has to go outside and the fbi agents are getting nervous yeah yeah, everybody's getting nervous, and everybody gets even more nervous when the elevator's door op- doors open, <laughs> and there's JCVD with like three corpses lying on the ground, <laughs> and a knife in hand, and and, oh, and a gun in and, the and other, and a gun in the other, <laughs> and everybody's like freeze, and he's like no no no, I I can explain everything. I don't want to do trouble. <laughs> just just arrest me again. We'll work this out. <laughs> uh, but then there's there's more mayhem once they're taken outside. The FBI guys go outside. Uh, they have Alex still. And there's yeah, there's the van out there that has the Russian mob holding Sebastian. Yeah. And like, oh, looks like shit's going down. Let's uh let's 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 get out of here. But then surprise, the French cops have like surrounded it. Oh no! Because uh, somebody pulled the fire alarm. <laughs> and and somebody also like pointed out the van. I think uh, was it. Was a oh that's right that's right yeah, that's then, right. The one guy walks up and Sebastian shows him his badge and yep. that, that's when we were talking about like. Typically, the code is if you're holding your badge upside down, that means you're under duress. Yeah, I'd and, ask you that because yeah. your your father was an officer of the law. Like, what true. would be the subtle symbol? Something like that. But yeah. he doesn't do that. He, no, he does. He didn't. Yeah, and I was like, he gives them no tips. All right. But so they start driving away, and that's when they get surra- like basically ambushed, and that's when shit kind of hits the fan. They start driving around. Oh, they cram the officer basically in the window and drive, so nobody oh, shoots yeah. the van. Activate hero shield. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> It's about that time that um, uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme uh, has his first sniper kill, yeah. even though they established way <laughs> earlier in the movie that he is, he's a trained sniper. They do not milk that uh, skill at all until 16 minutes before the end of the movie. He finally starts using <laughs> shooting abilities. Right. And I believe he uses it once. <laughs> but, but he definitely makes it count. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah, it takes out the driver, uh, the van, like, plows through a cafe, turns over, <laughs> and just engulfed in flames almost immediately. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure there was a safety defect on that van. <laughs> well, the, the, the mob wanted to go for luxury, and they uh, they opted for the kerosene-soaked cedar- seats. Oh. It's slightly fancier than Corinthian leather. I don't know if you know that or not. Uh, but yeah, so the the van's turned over and on fire, and uh, Elaine runs over because he knows his buddy Sebastian's <laughs> in there. I think he like breaks a window or something to see in there, and Se- Sebastian's in there. But then Ivan pops up too, and he's like, "Ah, oh, you're taking me, me with you." Too. <laughs> uh, and Sebastian like basically like I don't know punches him and like kicks him into the front seat or yeah. something. As Jean Claude helps Sebastian out and runs off. Um, and then he just Ivan's like, eh, help me too, help me too. He's like, seriously, bro, no one's gonna help you. And then you. the whole thing just engulfs in flames. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but now now they have to chase down the FBI because they still have Alex. Oh no! They grab another. They just grab a little car because it's just two little cars. Yeah, yeah, it's just like two little cars just driving through all the alleys and. Oh, that's right. There's that cool scene where they like drive off the road and it looks like they're about to go into the river, but it's like yeah. just like skipping a little little docking area and like landing on the other side of another road. And it's like, oh shit. Oh no, they they go off into the water, but it's on the boat ramp and then yeah, they yeah, drive the up ramp, the boat ramp. It. Yeah, it's like. <laughs> I did enjoy that stunt. <laughs> they go down a narrow alley and there it's just lined on both sides with cars, like little pugos and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And as they're like bumping into them, they're just exploding immediately <laughs> like <laughs> well honey Europeans have different safety standards than we do especially late 80s early 90s I mean okay. that's where all the uh, the Pintos get rebranded and sent to <laughs> but then uh, the chase ends when they crash into a slaughterhouse yes. yeah that's a good one right? I love that scene in the slaughterhouse just so crazy yeah. <laughs> It's like they just brainstorm. What is the coolest, weirdest, funkiest place we could possibly go to do this scene? And then they're like, a slaughterhouse with dead animals hanging, carcasses hanging from the ceiling. No one's ever seen that. No one's ever done that. <laughs> and then one you guy's know? like, yeah, I did see Predator 2 a couple of weeks ago, and that was in there. But you know what? We, we can do it again. No one else saw that movie. So. We need to up the body count on this movie. How can I get 75 more carcasses? <laughs> Wait. <laughs> yeah so the the two fbi guys are there one of them's like kind of like walking around staking out trying to get jcvd and snipe him out the other one's like got alex as a hostage and is basically saying come on Elaine, we can work this out we just need to wait a little bit you just give us the info and uh, we'll all be rich or i don't know something like that yeah that or i kill your girlfriend whatever it's not my girlfriend, it's my brother's girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, we know about you guys hooking up. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, we skipped that part. They hooked up in the bathroom. That, oh, that's oh, right. Yeah, oh, that's not right. held by the FBI agents. How, how, how could I up. forget that scene? God, because, I'm honey, if there's anything I've learned from action movies, it's under duress bathroom sex is the best sex. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It's true. <laughs> Yeah, that was that was weird. That's right, because it was the FBI, like the hotel room about to go to Nice or whatever, and the FBI guys yeah. are like, oh, they, they just both go in the bathroom, and then they're apparently just listening to the whole thing. Right. <laughs> well, like, the two guys are sharing a bed. Yeah, yeah. It was a very, very awkward scene in many ways, <laughs> not, not just the bathroom sex. Right. <laughs> uh, but anyway, back to the slaughterhouse. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
seamless transition. <laughs> <laughs> uh, one guy gets the uh, the chainsaw, mm-hmm. and it, it was like cutting a couple pigs and just you know making the sparks come up <laughs> off the ground yeah. and stuff. And... Trying to get JCVD. JCVD jumps up, uh, hangs upside down off one of the slaughter hooks, and yeah. upside down shoots the guy. Yeah. And he mm-hmm. uh, he dies while cutting through a hog. <laughs> yeah. I love that part. Uh, one of the most awesome a... kills I've seen in a while. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so everything's fine afterwards. Uh, we smash cut to a, a cafe. Well, we'll say a couple days later. The whole thing of that is, how is nobody in jail? Well, guys, most of them are dead. <laughs> but but like, how is like Elaine not like arrested? Uh, he did do a lot of legal activities. Oh, they're gonna glaze over that. He's a hero now, honey. Okay, yeah, I guess he's he single-handedly French, took out the Russian mafia. He's a mafia, French but. action hero who just decimated organized crime in Nice. Okay, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So so they're they're having croissant at a cafe, and uh, he's talking with his buddy Sebastian. Mm-hmm. Um, who's like, oh, now you are rich. You can afford places like this. Yeah. Are you going to retire? <laughs> yeah. And then uh, meets up with uh, Natasha. They exchange a few words. Yeah, drinks like two sips out of his coffee and then ditches poor Sebastian to go hang out with his dead brother's ex-girlfriend. <laughs> they yeah. kiss again, so we now know they're a couple. They're definitely mm-hmm. a couple. They're and, an item. And then they take that all important next step he introduces her to his mom Mm -hmm. so she met Mikhail's mom more times than Mikhail did yes 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 indeed that's odd (laughs) just to make the scene weirder oh that's right there was also the scene like what 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 are we going to tell my mom about Mikhail like oh the truth that he's kind generous honest person I'm like Oh, the Russian mobster was kind, generous. <laughs> just like you. Uh, just like you. Like, okay. Well, That's he one was, way to go about it. He was mid-level management. He did very well for himself. Yeah. I mean, he had a he had a nice, uh, a, a really nice apartment in New York. Um, he was really, really close with his adopted dad. Uh, they, you know, they like shooting together. Yeah. It's a sport they both enjoyed. Uh, they enjoyed Hobby. sauna. <laughs> Uh, me? Oh, uh, I was a dancer. He came to see me perform, and then uh, he got me into the uh, hospitality industry. <laughs> and so now I'm dating him. Now yeah, I'm dating a twin brother. So <laughs> surprisingly easy transition. Yeah. Roll, roll credits. I'm no. glad you speak <laughs> perfect <laughs> English. It was all physical anyway, so. You know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you got to trade in for the harder model. <laughs> <laughs> the old boyfriend was a French guy with a Russian accent. I didn't understand what he was saying half the time, but, you know, he helped me. He helped me in a time of need. Uh, but that was maximum risk. Oh, maximum risk. <laughs> Robin, what do you think of your first Jean-Claude Van Damme movie? Um, I, you know, I've, I've known who he was for years, but never seen one of his movies. So, um, impressed with his martial arts skills, his fighting skills. I admit I muted, muted the movie every time there was a fight scene because it was just too like, (laughs) 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 you know, I like comedies. I'm not a, a big into major fight scenes that often, unless there's a good plot, but, um, no, I liked it. I actually was like, wow, he actually is decent, you know? He's he's not a bad actor. 
so I looked up his IMDb page and like what else has he done and and then I looked up Natasha's Hendricks page and I was like <laughs> she's good too and like they should have like they shouldn't just be in B movies or C movies or whatever it is like they should be in I don't know maybe not J jcvd but no that's, <laughs> no. that's right he's he's uh, a list all the time so. not a list but i don't know i felt, found him endearing i can see why he's a star i can see why people like him right. but it's just it's not my style of movie i i need a little more plot like a little more substance well it's gonna be a little hard to come by in jcvd movies but uh i'll, I'll send you a couple <laughs> good ones to check out with comedy and okay. stuff in it but, that'll, okay. that'll help yeah, well, and the great thing is that Jean-Claude is an incredibly athletic individual oh, who does his, yeah. a lot of his own stunts in these things. He does all his own fight scenes. And something that we learned from interviewing uh, one of his protégés, uh, Elaine Moussey, yeah. it almost the same name, huh? Right. Uh, is that um, they do the fights for real. Like, they do actual contact as opposed to other fight scenes you see in other movies that just don't work because they're not making contact. You know they're, like, stage punches these guys perform with other martial artists. A lot of the like side guys in this are guys they went to the gym with. And so they're sparring for reals in these scenes. And that's why those scenes are so athletic and really work better than other kinds of movies. Yeah. I could see why if you're a fan of martial arts and you're a fan of fighting, like it's, you enjoy watching how they do it and how they choreograph it, that you would really love Jean-Claude Van Damme movies. I could totally see that. And if you're just looking it's, to watch the athleticism, the you're just trying to get from fight to fight. <laughs> you yeah. don't need much plot to yeah. bring them together. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so I get that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I'll, I'll definitely send you a list to check out a, a, a couple others I think you might enjoy. Because okay. he's an entertaining character. Um, mm-hmm. We're going to take a quick commercial break. But when we uh, come back, we have fun facts. And we find out what we learn from Maximum <laughs> Risk. <laughs> and everything I learned from movies returns with Robin Paris. Woo! Have you ever watched an absolutely terrible movie and thought to yourself, what were they thinking? Because we sure have. So much so that we named our podcast after it. What were they thinking? Starring me, Nathan. And Brendan. Every other week, we take a bad to questionable movie and unpack it. So you don't have to. And then every other other week, we ate your cues with our mailbag. Or, you know, talk about whatever. Yeah, no big whoop. No, no big whoop at all. So that's what were they thinking. You can catch us on Podbean, YouTube, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and more. Uh, also, a ton of platforms that Brendan made up. We're happy to have you with us this evening and want you to enjoy every minute of your stay here. Listen to me. Please listen. If you don't, if you won't, if you fail to understand, then the same incredible terror that's menacing me will strike at you! Are you ready to enter the sci-fi double feature drive-in? Every month we hold a special double feature with a very interesting theme thought up by your host, the conspiracy-loving Elisa, and yours truly, Jarrett the Kaiju Man Wegelin. We discuss giant monsters, little monsters, genetic abominations, robots gone awry, aliens coming to Earth, cryptids, and anything in between. So join us at the sci-fi double feature drive-in podcast every first and third Thursday of the month. And don't forget to stop by our snack bar first. Hey, do you like movies? Hey, 
Do you like podcasts? If you do, then come on down and listen to the Home Video Hustle podcast, homie. Hustle, hustle. Every Friday, we talk about whatever movie PJ picks out the bag. What does that mean? Well, every Wednesday on our YouTube page, I pick a bunch of movies at random. Sometimes there's a theme to it, sometimes not. PJ picks the movie out, and guess what? We watch it on Friday. We talk about it for about maybe an hour, hour and a half, whatever we feel like doing. Might give you something good to watch, baby. Come on down every Friday. So come get your hustle on with Home Video Hustle. You can find the show on any podcatcher app, or you can come down to homevideohustle.poppin.com. All of them in one place for you. So you can go ahead and binge it like it's Netflix. We ain't the defenders. Yeah. But I like to think we a little bit better than that. <laughs> come out at your boys, man. Come chill with us. Peace. Peace. Hi, guys. We interrupt your favorite podcast to interrupt you with an ad for your new favorite podcast. Wait, wait. Isn't this playing on somebody else's show? Exactly. So then how are we inter- – I thought we were their new favorite podcast. Well, we're going to become their new favorite podcast after they hear this advertisement for our show. What's our show called, Justine? Superiority <laughs> Complex. Yeah. Where can they find us, Patrick? Uh, Twitter and Facebook. Yeah, exactly. You can go to at Soup Complex on Twitter, S-O-U-P Complex, and you can go to Facebook.com. Slash Soup Complex. But our main page is on Podbean. And you can find us there at www.superioritycomplex.podbean.com. New episodes are out every Thursday. Justine, what do we talk about on the Superiority Complex? Nerdy stuff. Perfect. Don't get all sensual with your voice. Yeah, did you hear that? I heard it. It's a little inappropriate. If you want to hear a little more of that, tune in to the Superiority Complex. One more time, Justine, what do we talk about? Nerdy stuff. Nah, wasn't the same. You tried. Oh, hi, everybody. Um, I'm Robin Paris, and as you guys might know, I am making a web series called The Room Actors, Where Are They Now? I am the writer and the director of it, and I've already done four episodes, and hopefully you've had a chance to see them. They are on Funny or Die, um, forward slash Robin Paris. They are also on YouTube under my name, Robin Paris, and um, if you haven't had a chance to watch them, please go watch them there, and then come right back here, Um, because here is where I'm trying to raise some money so that I can finish the series. I've got six more episodes written and totally ready to shoot. Um, We've already, you know, shot the first four, and I've got the team together, and I basically just need to tap them on the shoulder, uh, shake them a little, and say, you know, let's go make some more episodes, and they're basically ready to go. So I try to make them at a certain quality level, so I've got, like, good cameras and great lighting and solid actors and um, a good professional crew, and all of that comes together to make a good product, but that's not free. Um, Got to pay for all of that, plus post and editing and color correction and, and make it look all nice and fancy and polished. Um, and so that's why I'm raising money here on Patreon so I can finish the season. It's a 10 episode season. And each new episode will feature a different room actor. The fi- the final um, episode, episode 10, has all of the room actors coming together for a funeral. And I'm not going to tell it who. It's somebody dies. So that will be a mystery. And you'll have to see the whole season in order to know. So, um, yeah, so please pitch in some money. You know, whether it's $2, $5, $10, whatever you can afford. If you pitch in at $25, I've got a poster, which has our, orig- our original artwork by Tony Palouse on it. If you stay a patron at $25 for three months, you will get a signed poster. And it's signed by all of the room actors except Tommy and Scott Holmes, who plays my boyfriend, like me underwears dude. That guy, he's, he didn't sign any. And everybody else did sign it, including Greg Sestero. Um, at 
$10, I have some never-before-seen interviews with the room actors that I have not posted on YouTube, so you'll you'll get to see all of those. Um, it's five or, five or six different room actors talking about their experiences on set and all that stuff, um, what it was like to be on the set of the room. And I'm going to be posting some more like behind-the-scenes um, videos as we start to get closer to uh, making our next episode. You know, I have been bringing in a little bit of money from Patreon, so I'm close to being able to go into pre-production on one episode, but like I said, I've got six total, so I need I need a little bit more to, to finish the season. So that's where you come in, um, and thank you. I appreciate any, every, anybody and everybody who's helping us out. We did this for you. We're making it for room fans. Um, we wanted to poke fun at ourselves and like kind of be a little bit in on the joke, and um, we wanted to have fun with it, and we have been having a great time with it. Like, when we all got together to shoot the first four episodes, it was just super fun. It was a big room reunion, um, and we had a great time. So I hope you guys can be a part of that and kind of be involved with us and, and help and watch us behind the scenes as we make the rest of the series. And um, thank you for, for jumping on board and being a part of it and joining us on this journey. All right, and we're back. Oh, those were the greatest ads that ever added in the history of adding, Steve. Absolutely. Uh, you definitely got to check out that uh, Kickstarter campaign that decided to... Uh... <laughs> yeah, Robin, are yeah. you going to contribute to that Kickstarter? <laughs> please do. Please. I'm begging you. No. <laughs> but uh, I do want to make some more episodes. And the room actors are... All of us are super excited to make a, to make some more. So if you want to see more, then see back more. us, please. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and and mo- most of them live like right there in L.A. still, right? Yeah, a lot of them do. Juliet and Dan and um, Phil d- don't, um, but Phil's in Arizona, so he's driving distance. So it's really oh, just okay. Dan and Juliet that are in Texas, both of them. Oh, but Greg Ellery moved back to California, and then everybody else is in Cal- in Southern California. Excellent. I bet they have a great time coming in for a week or two and cranking those out. <laughs> oh, yeah. We always have such a good time. We're exci- I mean... I can't wait to make them. I've been sitting on the scripts for over you know, several years since I shot the first ones. I already had those other ones written. We just didn't have the money to shoot them back then. Oh, nice. nice. So, nice. yeah. Well, well, hopefully we can all make that happen. <laughs> yes, yes. Thank you. Uh, who's interested in some fun facts about this movie? Steve, do you have some fun facts or super fun facts? Because they're fun, <laughs> fun facts. I do. <laughs> uh, this movie was originally filmed as the exchange um, but during post-production uh, sony felt that people wouldn't get the, the subtle title uh, <laughs> sony wanted something that sounded more like an action film uh, the new title bloodstone was selected <laughs> sony even used this title to promote the film in several uh, industry publications but they ultimately felt the new title lacked the urgency and excitement of a jean-claude van damme film so ultimately maximum risk was selected twice the van damage twice the van damage yeah. i don't know i kind of like bloodstone i want to see that one too yeah. <laughs> hey, I, i'll watch the exchange uh guys this may come as a surprise maximum risk was a box office disappointment in the u.s what? no what i know right it had the chick from species and yeah however it performed well in europe grossing almost 40 million dollars which, mm-hmm. which in 1996 isn't that bad. I'm going to guess 30 million if that was in Nice. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> the rest was the in Belgium. <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, oh, another thing about this movie. Uh, did anybody else notice there was a lot of dubbing? <laughs> what? <laughs> I, it, it, it makes me wonder if like, the movie was originally in French, like the whole thing, or you... at least like the, the part shot in France and stuff like that, like it was going to be subtitles or something. But then they decided just to dub over most of it. But 
like Jean Claude's lines seem to be in English for the most part. I, I don't know. I may so, have been looking too hard. You were talking about that, and I had a theory. I know. Isn't there a Jean Claude movie where they had somebody else dub his lines? Oh, like one of the early ones. Yeah, probably probably one of the canon film ones. Yeah. I feel yeah. I feel like there's something like that. I wonder if maybe they shot it. They dubbed it over with somebody else doing the lines to try and make it more like understandable, and then they realized it looked stupid, and then had them redub their own lines. Mm. It was the Maybe. thought I had. Maybe. Mm. I, I just don't know if you'd notice anything like that, Robin. <laughs> I didn't notice it. I mean, I know I obviously Natasha Hedgerich has an American accent, but yeah, yeah, I, I think it was more like the uh, like with the lady in the beginning, the lady that ran the hotel. Where, where she yeah. was dumping all the exposition right there at the beginning, like, oh, so good to see you. That felt eighty yard. Yeah, maybe they just got a really bad performance or like a really bad audio. In the end. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Uh, <laughs> and it could be too if they were shooting on location. Maybe they just couldn't get the same crew, and yeah, maybe they had technical difficulties or something. Oh uh, yeah, or maybe it was like an acting hotel or like an active hotel, and so there was mm-hmm. like I don't know plates clanging or like yeah, rolling rolling things. I don't know. Fun fact about the uh, the subway scene, uh, yeah. the one where he was jumping between the subway cars and falling from the traffic light and all that. Uh, apparently, it was actually shot in both New York and Philadelphia. Oh. I'm not sure what parts were which, but I thought it was weird. It was shot, the, the one scene was shot in two different cities, though. It might have been one of those things that they could only get access to, like, the top part in one city and the bottom part in another. Ah, uh, good point, good point. But that's cool. I, I that's something I love about movies where it's like in this scene he's in this city, in this scene he's in this city, and then in this scene he's back. <laughs> I think that's cool. <laughs> oh, it's, it's the the movie magic. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Yeah. When you watch a movie, do you try to think about like like how it was made and stuff, or are you just kind of more like pulled into the story and like just kind of experiencing for what it is? I, I do. I mean, especially like, um, cause I'm looking to direct more, but I mainly do comedy. So especially comedies, I, I watch how they're shot and how, you know, how they're done. Um, but like for this, I probably, I definitely wasn't really focusing that much on that, but, um, <laughs> but <laughs> cause I was like, I'm never going to do a movie like this. I guarantee. But, um, Oh, but not, not with that attitude. No. <laughs> I know. Well, I'm, I'm not gonna do. I just I'm not gonna do. Well, maybe I'll do a Jean Claude Van Damme movie next. That, that'd be great. That'd be great. Yeah. Robin Paris directs. We're gonna think yeah. of super maximum core, maximum yeah. hard, maximum damage. <laughs> no, but I do like to the figure out. <laughs> that's right, Bloodstone. Yeah, that's the one I'm gonna direct. <laughs> I'm putting it out into the universe. The secret. Yes. <laughs> I want to direct Bloodstone. I will make you a dream board. This <laughs> <laughs> is Jean Claude Van Damme in the middle. Oh yeah. Of the board. Oh, so, super like 1992 Jean Claude. Ooh, hard target Jean Claude yeah. with the mullet and everything. Yes, Jean Claude with uh, the mullet right in the middle. Picture oh. of a rock, a picture of a bucket of blood. <laughs> <laughs> Your picture glued onto a director's chair. It's coming together yeah, already. <laughs> we'll end up being in an episode of The Room Actors. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> hey, we're inspiring people. Yes. <laughs> if I put it on my vision board, it's going to come true. So, yeah. <laughs> All right, ladies. Now for the ultimate important question. What did we learn from Maximum Risk? What did I learn from Maximum Risk? Um... I learned that Jean-Claude Van Damme has a really nice physique. Yeah. <laughs> um, and 
he's a good fighter, and I do would not want to mess with him, and I will not join the mob because that's <laughs> not a good way to go with your life. Not a good For you choice. listeners out there, if you're tempted, just don't do it. Yeah, don't listen to your guidance counselor in high school. Don't join the Russian mob. <laughs> but what if my adopted father is the head of the Russian mob? Any promises well, to make me mid-level management? I mean, nepotism <laughs> is real. So, I mean, that's yeah. a good way to get into the industry. But you might also want to transfer to maybe the Italian mob. Ooh, or the gay mafia. I, I hear they have great benefits. <laughs> Is there a way to transfer between the like the Russian mob into becoming like a Russian veterinarian? I'm sure there is. See, there you go. I mean, it's it's a way to like reach your dreams. That's right. <laughs> You've got to strive. Okay. I'm sure there's some sort of segue, there's some sort of path that you can take. I don't know, some sort of school you can go to to transfer transfer jobs from yeah. the mob to transfer units yeah transfer credits like I, I i took sniping and mild interrogation uh can that go towards i don't know chemistry well i feel like sniping could be you could use in place of the euthanasia classes so. it's got to be some sort of math credit right we're, we're gonna count as euthanasia and geo geometry <laughs> so sweetie what did you learn from maximum risk I learned the most successful business in all of New York is a restaurant bar with changing rooms right next to the tables where everyone's naked. Yeah, I don't know. After that, that final shootout or whatever that goes on there, they might have to close for renovations for a while. Well, yeah, but I mean, it was a packed house. And I mean, you uh, know, sure. people who like really love an eatery, they can see past that. Their grand reopening will be even better than their first opening. It's it's the ultimate dining experience. I mean, Steve, would you like to steam your buns while having a steamed bun? Absolutely. There you go. <laughs> I love it. It's the mark. Your it's your tagline. It's your marketing mantra, right there. Oh, that's the name of it. Steamed buns. <laughs> buns on buns on buns. The bun steamer. But but it's but it's in the Russian letters, so you can't really tell. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Some of them are backwards. The, the backwards ends and stuff. Steve, what did you learn from this movie? I learned the best way to get to interrogate somebody mm -hmm. is just to stare at them. <laughs> And just wait for the information to flow out of them. Uh, I also learned uh, from Sebastian, his French buddy, uh, parents always lie to their children to prepare them for being treated by the government. That's true. I forgot about that line. <laughs> yeah, that was back in the beginning of the movie. And I was like, oh, is this going to be the quippy guy for the show? <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I did want more Sebastian in this movie. Yeah. Well, I want a Jean-Claude Sebastian buddy cop movie. Yeah, I, I feel like I've seen him in like other like like Luke Besson movies and stuff like that, like the French action familiar. movies. But yeah, I, I can't think of specific ones offhand. Uh, I'll have to check his IMDb page. Indiana. I also learned some of the hottest sex you'll ever have is in the bathroom while two <laughs> FBI guys are right outside the door. So Steve, we need two FBI guys. Oh wait, we got two cats, we, and we have a tiny bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> That's <laughs> It'll be good practice. <laughs> You know what else I learned? What's that? That the room actors were, they now will come back if everybody goes to Kickstarter. That's right. That's the most important thing. That's what everybody should pull from this episode. <laughs> I want more episodes. Donate for me, guys. <laughs> this is entirely guys. Yeah, so Robin, yeah, thank you for joining us. Uh, always a pleasure. Uh, where, where can we find you on the, the social medias? Okay, the social medias. So I'm Robin O. Paris on Twitter. 
and Robin O. Paris on Instagram. The Room Actors is at The Room Actors on Twitter and at The Room Actors on Instagram. Um, on Facebook, we are also Facebook, you know, dot com forward slash The Room Actors. Um, and our website is theroommockumentary.com. Um, and then the Kickstarter, if you go to kickstarter.com and enter Robin Paris, Robin with a Y, and my last name is P-A-R-I-S, or just enter the Room Actors, where are they now? It'll come up and you'll see our campaign there. Um, and I think that was pretty much all the social media. Definitely go check that out, everybody. Donate. I want to see more episodes. <laughs> do it for us. Do it for your country. Do it for Robin. Do it for Jean-Claude. Do it, do it for Jean-Claude. Let's get, the, let's get the budget so that Robin can hire Jean-Claude for at least a day of shooting. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I would love that. Which episode? Figure out who, who should be opposite against. Which room actor? <laughs> okay. oh, uh, uh, well, the woman with breast cancer. Carolyn, I was Carolyn, thinking that Carolyn. too. Yeah, just randomly, like she's at a pool somewhere. Jean Claude comes up, does the splits, and hands her a drink, and then just. Falls. Oh no, he has to fight like nine Russians to bring her her drink. Ah, yes, yes. But she'll just be busy staring at the pool. <laughs> or she's talking on the phone with somebody. <laughs> What's going on in the background? Yeah, we can we can help. No. <laughs> uh, but, she says something like, "Doesn't your house have a kitchen?" I don't know yeah. <laughs> After he, <laughs> I do have a plot where she ends up dating a like a Tommy lookalike, Carolyn, in in her episode. Oh, it would be funny if it could. I could just make that like Jean Claude Van Damme. Oh, oh my god! Yeah, Jean Claude does look like Tommy Wiseau in uh, the movie Replicant. I'll really? have to show you that. <laughs> what if he would wear? He could wear a Tommy wig, and he could yeah. be her boyfriend. Yes. <laughs> Sorry, but I'm just... let this happen. He also has an accent that nobody can figure out. That's true. Except for we know he's Belgian. <laughs> in one of these scenes, he sounded just like Tommy Wiseau when when he was in the car with with I can't remember which scene, but he was in a car talking to Alex. Yeah. I was like, oh my god, just like Tommy. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think I, it's fate. I, I think you're gonna enjoy going through his discography. Yeah, you have to do research before because we're gonna get you so much money. You'll be able to get him for a couple days of shooting, and so you're gonna need to brush up. <laughs> I will. A fight scene. It's gonna be awesome. Uh, oh, yay. but also just so you know, in case this hampers any future plans, if you go with JCVD, you will no longer ever be able to hire Steven Seagal. They have a feud. <laughs> oh. Okay, <laughs> he was on another, he was on my list to be in another episode of the Room Actor, Steven Seagal. So I'm, I guess we'll have to mark okay. him off. So if we Let's don't see with... JCVD, then we know you're saving your Seagal card for later. Yes, <laughs> that's the only answer. <laughs> that's that's totally. Yeah, so it was only a verbal commit. So. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so yeah. much for being on with us. Thank you for your time. Thank you guys so much for having me. It was so much fun. I had a really good time. Absolutely. And thank you all for listening, of course. You can find us on all the social medias, everything I learned from movies, at EILF Movies. Um, But, yeah, uh, more importantly, just for yourself, go to Kickstarter, help support Robin and the Room Actors mockumentary. It's fantastic stuff. Mm-hmm. Oh, and our video is fun we shot a new video for the kickstarter so that's just fun even if you just want to watch the video it's the room actors on the video and you know being oh, silly we gotta go check it out Steve yeah, we'll check it out right now actually. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so until next time I'm Steve I'm Izzy and I'm Rob and this is 
Everything, Everything I, I learned, learned from movies. movies. Have a good night, everybody. Good night, everybody.